Um, for those that I haven't met before, whether you're in the room or watching on the live stream, my name's Pete. Together my wife, B, we lead the church here at KXC. Today's a special day because more than just Vision Sunday, it's also our wedding anniversary. So this day, 17 years ago... Um, we, we were 16 years old at the time. That's obviously a joke. Um, but 17 years ago, we got married. So fun day, fun day for us. So it is Vision Sunday. It's an opportunity to invite us as a church to step further into all that God's doing in and through this community. We often call these Sundays, not just Vision Sunday, but All In Sunday. Um, we want to develop a spirituality that mirrors the spirituality we read in the book of Acts, lived out in the early church, which is an all-in spirituality, sort of not holding stuff back, but stepping fully into what God is doing with our minds, with our hearts, with our bodies. So let me give you some examples from the book of Acts, Acts 1 verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. So when it came to contending for the things of God to be made known in the community, they were all in. Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So when it comes to this like openness to the Spirit of God moving amongst the people of God as they gather, they weren't half-hearted. They were all in. Acts chapter 2 verse 44, all, not some, not just the kinos, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So when it came to this kind of shared life, generosity towards one another, they were all in. It goes on to say in Acts that there were no needy persons amongst them. So in that community, they'd eliminated poverty. That's remarkable. Why? Because they were all in when it came to sharing Acts chapter 4 verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind, common purpose, shared cause. Can you see it? You know, pretty much page after page in the book of Acts, you see it lived out and all in spirituality. And we want that to mark us out as a church family. We want to be and there we go. We want to be all in. And we actually saw some of this preached upon last Sunday as Becky Hamilton concluded the series on Nehemiah and Ezra. Um, chapter 5, Nehemiah, where they're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And it wasn't the sort of like stonemasons, the bricklayers, the carpenters that were rebuilding the walls. It was the perfume makers. It was mums and dads with their kids and with their daughters. It was the city officials. It was the priests. It was the goldsmiths. Everyone chipping in. Everyone making their contribution. And we want to be a church family like that. In this moment of rebuilding, not just the church, but the culture around us, we all want to chip in and make our contribution. So we're going to do three things. We're going to look back with gratitude. We're going to look forward with faith. And we're going to invite people towards generosity in the moment. And we're going to start by looking back because that's where faith is birth. As you look back and see what God has done in your life, in this church community, you're like, oh my goodness, he has been present through the journey. He has been establishing his kingdom in my life and through my life. And as I look back, I realize, gosh, I can have faith for what's to come because I've seen the activity of the kingdom in my story to date. So we're going to look back together before we begin to look forward. And as we look back, let's just start with raw honesty. It has been a rough season, hasn't it? 
Like before we celebrate the good stuff, let's just acknowledge it's been hard. It's been a slog. I don't know about you, but there's moments where I've wanted to throw the towel in. I'm like, I don't know if I've got what it takes. I've got wrestles with faith. I look at the future and I'm wanting to have hope, but sometimes despair is creeping in. It has been an incredibly challenging season. And yet, as we look back, it's like, oh my goodness, when we've been at our most fragile, when the kind of faith that we have feels like a mustard seed, it just feels like it's not enough. We've seen you answer prayers. We've seen you build the church and establish the kingdom in the heart of this city. And for that, we want to turn it back to praise and say, thank you, God, for your work in our community. So there's a number of stories we're going to celebrate. Um, we're going to give a number of groups a round of applause. As we give a round of applause, we're not just patting ourselves on the back saying, aren't we amazing? You know, aren't we so good? No, we're celebrating that God has chosen like, to use us at our weakest to bring about his purposes. We are celebrating God, right? We are giving glory to God that he's chosen to use us when we've been fragile and just struggling at times. Um, so let's look back. Um, so when lockdown began, so March, April time, um, our first response was to freak out. This is just talking about the, the church staff team and some of the, the leaders at KXC. First response, freak out. Second response, prayer. And that prayer was pretty simple. It's like, oh God, please help. Um, and third response is like, how do we serve what God's doing in our community when it feels like the ground beneath our feet is you know, completely changed. So we began to reimagine, like, what, what do Sundays look like now? What do hubs look like now? What does the kind of mission activities of the church, what does it all look like? And there was a very rapid reimagining. Um, and I just want to celebrate that even in what felt like panic mode, God was faithful and steered us through choppy waters. So when it comes to Sunday gatherings, like that first live stream we did back in March, honestly, I was freaking out. Like, the camera right in my face like hi everyone like welcome to KXC online like it was an adrenaline rush right but we had an amazing team of volunteers who just stepped up and stepped in editors video editors you know by the time we were recording in homes like we literally sent equipment rich spence had a field day on ebay just ordering in equipment cameras mics sending it to people's homes can you record the talk can you record the hosting the band were recording their parts to each song and then ben burnett on our team was editing it all together so it felt like a, a, a frenzy but you know god used that stuff to get into homes we could probably never have reached otherwise. Like, it was remarkable. So let me give you some stats of just, like, online, KXC Online, over the last six, seven months. So there's been 65,000 YouTube views. That's not counting those that watched it on Facebook. That's not counting those that were watching it on church online. That's 65,000 YouTube since lockdown. 600 subscribers to the, the YouTube channel. Around 1,000 viewers each Sunday. Now, each viewer probably represents, according to the, the stats that we've heard, one 1.8. So it could be someone watching it at home alone, or it could be a family of six watching it together, but it averages out at 1.8. So each Sunday we know that there's probably 1,800 to 2,000 people watching each service. 
Now, before lockdown, um, over three congregations, we had 700 people regularly coming, right? So we know right now people are watching that weren't watching before. Um, now, some of that is probably people that were part of KXC over the years and like, oh, I can tune back in. But we know that a lot of people, not from faith backgrounds, wouldn't describe themselves as Christians, have been tuning in because it's never been easier to rock up at church. Like you can just literally press a button and you're watching it. People have been encountering the person of Jesus. They've been encountering hope because there's been a team of amazing volunteers working really hard so that we can put these services together. I think that's really encouraging. Um, 73% of the viewers have come from the UK, which means we've gone global, which is always part of the vision, start local, go global. That's obviously a joke. Um, But it means that other people, um, not just here in the UK, but far beyond, have been encountering Jesus as they watch these services. That is amazing. Maybe you're watching on the live stream now from somewhere else in the world, and we say a massive welcome, and our prayer is that you would encounter Jesus as you watch this. Um, Our worship team have been busy. Tom Eccleshaw, released this EP, Kingdom Dreamers. If you haven't heard it, you really should. A beautiful EP of worship songs. Abby Horn released this single, Heart and Soul. What a beautiful track that is. Rich and Lydia wrote this song and released it, Fighting for My Heart. Now, this is since lockdown, right? There's been 1.1 million streams on digital platforms. Um, In August alone, the average is 6,000 individual listeners every single day on Spotify and Apple Music. Now, are we bothered by the numbers? Not really. Tom Eckershaw is, but the rest of us, not really. Are we generating any income? Not really. But is it encouraging that songs that have been birthed in this community that carry the soundtrack of God's faithfulness to us as a community are going far and wide? And Every so often we hear the stories of people driving up the M1, listening to a song, encountering hope. People internationally, just on a Spotify playlist, randomly listening to a song and think, oh my goodness, like that is speaking to my innermost being. Is that encouraging? Yes, is the answer, by the way. I think that's super encouraging. So can we just give a round of applause to our worship team, to the volunteers present right now on the cameras, people behind the scenes editing stuff together, all of the volunteers, all of the musicians that have been serving, and the list goes on. Can we just thank them? Because that has been such a gift to us as a church family. This has been... One of the most challenging seasons of my life, probably we would all say that. It's been one of the most challenging seasons to be the church of God. And can't we just acknowledge God has been faithful. We've adapted, not because of our brilliance, but because of his grace and his faithfulness. So let's talk about hubs. We currently have 41 hubs. These are midweek communities living in and living out the story of God together. 41 hubs with 436 people in these hubs. Community is alive lifeline right now. Like we've heard again and again people say like my hub community, they meet virtually now, serve locally, but my hub community, I wouldn't have got through it without my hub. What a gift these hubs have been to us as a church family. Over a hundred hub leaders in our community have stepped forward and said, look, this is challenging for me. I'm just trying to survive myself, but I'm willing to bring leadership to serve other people in the season. What a gift those leaders have been. This is a little bit of a report back from Lois, who 
oversees our hubs. Our hubs, as with many other things, shifted gear and shape in March with the vision of meeting virtually and thinking creatively about ways to serve locally. Hubs met week in, week out, some groups twice a week, very keen, jumping on Zoom to worship God together, sharing vulnerably, praying for each other, opening the scriptures, speaking life over one another and finding a new way to be family to each other at a time when many weren't able to meet in person. It brought us so much joy to hear the most creative and fun stories of hubs building community together, sometimes with people they'd never met before. We heard about virtual bake-offs, one hub who started writing each other quarantine letters, where they sent parcels to each other, encouraging each other with stories of what God was doing, favorite Spotify playlists, i.e. the KXC worship one, and hilarious TikToks. It was also incredible to hear all the ways that people threw themselves into serving locally. One group of hub leaders who gave extensive time to serving in their local mutual aid group, connecting volunteers with local people shielding and in need of food and medicine. Hubs stepping up to serve within the KXC local mission activities of Choices and Food Bank. We heard about one hub who reached out to their local care home to encourage staff and offer help and support where it might be needed. Other hubs supporting bereaved neighbours and caring for people within their groups suffering from COVID. All of this and so much more that we don't know about was made a reality by over 100 hub leaders who have served and lead hubs before the summer and continue into this new term. Isn't that amazing? Almost 500 people in these communities that are a spiritual lifeline to folk. Don't we want to thank the 100 plus leaders that have stepped forward? They've been all in in this moment. So why don't we give them a round of applause and celebrate God's faithfulness to us as a community. We also invested in this rule of life. We knew that life was going to be chaotic. We needed some practices because we know the power of practices to point our hearts and desires in a certain direction. And we wanted some practices to point us towards the kingdom of God. Practices that would help us be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do the stuff that Jesus did. So we helped people develop their own rule of life. You can see on the the screen my rule of life there. Simple practices to, to provide a spiritual anchor in a really challenging season. A huge amount of work went into developing these resources because we wanted to serve the church and the people of God at this time. Incredible what God has done in and through the community. Let's talk about mission. Like we know the needs that are all around us and the needs are going to intensify. We know that. Let me just pull out, you know, a few stats for you then. Family life, 44% surge in the number of children needing foster care. Like, that's terrifying. Employment, 2.8 million out of work and claiming work-related benefits. Racial inequality that we're addressing through these conversations at this time. 1.9 more likely black people are to die as white people of the COVID-19 virus. Health, 2.6 million children living with a parent drinking hazardously. Again, don't you read those stats and think, oh my goodness, Lord have mercy at this time. 83% of survey children said the outbreak had made their mental health worse. We could talk about digital poverty, economic inequality, the list could go on. The needs are constantly rising. What should the response of the local church be? And the answer is to step 
in with compassion. Not to be half-hearted or apathetic, to be all in. And that's what we've been trying to do. So our mission team said, look, we need to be focused. So let's have three primary areas of focus. Poverty, relief, family, life and youth, and justice and reconciliation. So let's talk about poverty, relief. We started at the beginning of lockdown, this KX Care Fund. We asked people to give if they wanted to, to give to those that were going to hit financial hardship. £16,000 was given. Almost half of that we've been able to give away to serve those in our community that hit challenging times. And again, the story's coming back of like, thank you so much for being family to me at this time. That's amazing. Um, but there's also more in the account. So if you hit financial difficulty, if you know people in our family uh, that are in a financial rough spot right now, let us know we want to serve one another where we can. Food bank, at the beginning of lockdown, we recognized that some of our local food banks, for different reasons, had to shut down. We're like, well, we think we could serve and play a part of like helping out where we know food poverty is going to continue to grow. So we started King's Cross Food Bank. Um, and again, an amazing army of volunteers, not shrinking back, but stepping forward to serve in a moment like this. So over the last few months, then 150 households have been regularly receiving food parcels. 817 deliveries completed. The referral team have made over 880 phone calls. The on-site team have made over 1,500 hundred parcels like that's incredible reaching out in a moment of real vulnerability um, we know that with the furlough scheme ending and further restrictions food poverty is going to grow it's going to continue to increase and Zach do you want to just wave you know and behind you to the camera so people on the live stream I don't know if you can catch that what a lovely looking guy he is um but Zach, who's bringing leadership to the, to the food bank, has, has basically hit this point where the need is constantly growing. But in terms of our volunteer force, like we're bottlenecking right now. We can't actually continue to grow unless other people step forward and say, I'm going to give time, I'm going to give energy because food hunger is going to grow and we need to grow in terms of our ability to serve and step in and support at this time. So if you're interested in serving and we really need you right now, um, the delivery team, Thursdays 2 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. You can volunteer weekly, monthly, bi-monthly. Um, I think the average is people just give like 90 minutes of your time. So for the delivery team, if you've got a bike, a car, you know, you can do it with your kids if you're a family. An amazing opportunity to serve people and not, not just serve people, get to know people, build friendships, pray for folk, right? We're more than just offering food. We want to offer hope and we want to offer prayer. The referral team, Tuesdays, 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. or Wednesdays, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you've just got windows of time that you can serve, we want to invite you to step into this moment. The on-site team developing the packages, Tuesday, 4 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Just want to say again, if you can serve, we want to invite you in to serving in this moment. But isn't it amazing what our current volunteers have been doing. We want to celebrate that. Incredible. Let's talk about KX Brunch, which is a community cafe for the street population of, of King's Cross. 
They haven't been able to gather in the way that they did pre-lockdown. But the great news is, is they're going to start again soon. But those volunteers, even though they haven't been gathering in the way that they could before, they've kept in touch with all of the members that are, are in situations, you know, that are challenging. They've looked after them. They've served practical needs. They've been demonstrating God's love. They've been just catching up with them. Amazing how the volunteers have been caring for the members in this season. Absolutely incredible. Women's drop-in had to pause. But again, the volunteers there have been phoning, checking in on, and, and looking after people in a challenging time. The CAP Centre, Christians Against Poverty, the debt clinic that we run at KXC, we had to pause it, but the great news is we're about to relaunch it. We know that debt's going to be a real thing, you know, real challenge for a lot of people. Um, so we've just... Um, ready to announce that we've employed Neha, who was an apprentice at KXC. She's now going to be the CAP Centre Manager, um, serving King's Cross, Islington, Camden this time. So again, we're really excited as to that opportunity that lies ahead of us. Let's talk about family life and youth. Choices, an amazing charity just up on the Cali Road, serving mums and babies and families that find themselves in crisis pregnancy situations. Let me just read you a couple of stories of the way we've, we've managed to serve people at this time. So a choice's parent and her baby son contracted coronavirus during lockdown. They weren't able to get any food. A local hub shopped for essential food items and delivered these to the door of this parent's house. She said, please tell them I'm so grateful for the shopping and it means a lot to me to know that people care about me and the baby during this testing time. Thank you so much to everyone who made this happen. This is more than just delivering nappies. It's more than just delivering formula for babies. This is basically saying you're not overlooked. We see you. We care we want to be there for you and more than that we believe God is there for you and he wants to draw close to you at this time here's another story during lockdown one of the parents that choices was already supporting was due to have her baby and she was then made homeless she had moved into temporary accommodation but hadn't any benefits coming through and didn't feel safe to leave the house one of Kexi's hubs again delivered essential food and baby items to her twice during lockdown and helped her out with furnishings for the flat this made a huge difference to this client who said thank you so much for all the food the nappies the formula the stuff that I need I I was feeling so overwhelmed and this helped me get through such a tough time. You know, again, they need more volunteers. The need is growing. This isn't a time for us to sort of like spectate and consume church. We need to step forward. We need to be all in. Growing hope. This amazing therapy clinic that's been birthed out of KXC that Naomi Graham brings leadership to. Um, listen to some of the stories there. We've continued to see families over lockdown. Six to seven families in occupational therapy clinic. Last week, this is literally in the last few days, were interested in coming to church. This is more than just serving the immediate needs. It's serving spiritual longings. We want to introduce people to the person of Jesus. We've had a speech and language therapist and a physiotherapist start recently. So again, they can serve a greater variety of needs that we find here in the community. We've continued to run groups for parents and siblings who've had opportunity to connect and share their experience, including partnering with Choices Islington and running a Circle of Security parenting course online. As we came out of lockdown, quite a few families were struggling 
with their children with additional needs at home. Schools, however, refused initially to enable children to attend school despite their levels of needs. We were able to write letters to schools, giving them recommendations about how to support the children and emphasizing the importance of children being in school. This meant that children and families who'd been struggling were able to attend school before the summer holidays began. Incredible, contending for those that are vulnerable in our communities. And if that wasn't enough, They've just launched a second clinic in southeast London at St. Peter's Broccoli, one of our sort of brother-sister churches. So we can just celebrate this organization growing hope, literally bringing hope to people in crisis. Um, the list goes on. Little Haven Parents and Toddlers Group has had to temporarily pause. XLP continue to do their amazing work with young people at risk of crime in Islington and Camden. First Fridays, this kind of partnership of churches doing a monthly worship night for young people. Let's talk about justice and reconciliation. We do a lot in the prison, um, just up the road on the Cali Road. Caris oversees our work in Pentonville Prison. And because of the restrictions, a lot of what we were doing, we haven't been able to do. But God is still working and doing some incredible stuff. So here's one fun story picked up by the Islington Gazette, um, but also tweeted by David Lammy MP, which was people in the prison heard what was happening through the food bank at King's Cross. And they're like, we want to get on board with that. Um, so they used their vouchers to get food from the canteen, and they used that to get food that they could donate to the food bank. So listen to this story. These are the words of David Lammy. The other day, we bumped into HMP Pentonville prison staff delivering bags of food to a local church. That's St. Saviour's where we run our food bank from. These donations had been made by prisoners themselves who had used their allowances to buy food from their canteen to send to food banks. Even with limited resources, they still wanted to help others in need. A reminder that prisoners are part of our community. Amen to that. Part of our community. And to get through this crisis, we all need to look out for each other, right? This is happening on our watch. People in the prison that are getting drawn into the KXC wider family, they are stepping in, like they are all in. We need to match them, right? Amen to that? Amen to that. Um, Crux, this ministry that's been birthed in the last few months at KXC, in fact, just before lockdown, providing mediation, um, helping people have honest and tough conversations um, to experience reconciliation. And again, what an amazing thing for such a time as this, where we see so much fragmentation that Philip and Sarah Guthrie sense this calling of we need to start a ministry that, that provides mediation that brings about reconciliation. All of these things have been bubbling away in lockdown. This ridiculously challenging season, right? When we felt so fragile, as you look back, can't you acknowledge, can't we acknowledge together, like God is faithful. He said he would build his church. He's been doing it. He said he would establish his kingdom in our midst. He's been doing it. Like that's worth celebrating, right? So why don't we give a round of applause for that? We... We also want to be a church that celebrates an entrepreneurial spirit that uses our creativity to tackle some of the social problems of our age. So we've created a family of, of entrepreneurs. It's called Table Ventures. But this is stuff happening in our community. Let me just name some of them. Making through mentoring. This is Bernard St. Louis, who's, who's a guitar maker, but wants to use some of his skills to connect with people in prison so that they can make stuff and mentor some of the prisoners in the process. Amazing what he's doing. The Joy Initiative that we've heard a bit of... 
Patrick Harding doing a phenomenal job of trying to serve isolated elderly folk in this season, helping them get fit and stay mentally well. He's just been accepted onto the Digital Health London's Accelerator program delivered by the NHS. He's a remarkable entrepreneur. Form Lizzie Neep um, has started a publishing imprint and her own books are kicking off right now, which is a lot of fun. Post-era. Listen to this. I only recently came across this story, but Aaron Morris, who's part of our church family, he wrote this update. Back in March, post-era, realized our tools could be really valuable to help find a COVID antiviral cure. We opened up a website where scientists could submit drug ideas, and I guess we hoped for 50 to 100 submissions. We since received over 13,000 ideas from 350 scientists around the world. The project grew and became known as COVID Moonshot, and in six months, we'd become the world's largest open sourced initiative to find a COVID cure. The most important thing about Moonshot is that the whole project is patent free, meaning if we find a cure, we'll be able to offer it for close to zero cost so that it will be accessible to everyone everywhere. My company is the privilege of leading this initiative. And since March, we've now tested over a thousand drug candidates against COVID and found over 20 really promising ones, which a few have recently been shown to be comparable, if not more effective than the best known treatment today, remdesivir. We'll soon be moving our drug candidates into animal testing and then hopefully human testing next year. He writes this, God has been so gracious in guiding me through the last six months. Like, yeah. And I continue to pray that though my company won't make any money from this initiative, that it will result in a speedy cure for COVID. Like this is happening in and through our church community. I've mentioned Crux, mentioned Growing Hope, Caribou, James Hatton and Benji Jackson creating these gift boxes that when you give a gift through Caribou, some of the money goes towards some of the projects I've been naming. Art co-working, the co-working space we run for startups, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives. Whenever you join that community, part of your membership fees goes towards mission work. It's called Art for Good. Last year alone, through membership fees, £14,000 was given to local community projects and kingdom initiatives. Last year, they also became accredited as a B Corporation. Like, this is stuff happening right now. I haven't even mentioned Banquet. Don't have time. But incredible work that they're doing as kind of an online food bank and serving food banks across the country. That's worth a round of applause, right? That God has been building his church. So... We look back and we're like, wow, thanks. We give you glory. This is amazing. Let's very briefly look forward. So back in January um, at the weekend away, I basically said, look, I think the spirituality we need to step into in this season is one that's marked out by a contemplative spirituality. In other words, take seriously spiritual formation, a revival spirituality contending for the fire of God to fall upon the church and for a missional spirituality contending for an awakening in the culture. In my mind, it was like a mashup of Jackie Pullinger, Bill, Johnson and Henri Nguyen. You know, these three coming together that we needed to take seriously. Formation, fire for the purpose of an awakening. And as we did the series on Nehemiah, I was recognizing, goodness me, this is what we're actually building towards. You know, the three emphases that came through that series is, number one, we need to rebuild altars of worship. Our highest priority is calling the church to worship, to love God above all else. We're all busy managing our emotions, managing our desires, 
are, some of the good ones and some of the less healthy ones, we're managing, but the best way to manage your desires is to order your desires. And here's the order. God comes first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will take care of itself. If the top one gets displaced, you're going to be in a mess, right? So we are calling people back to worship. This was the priority for Ezra and Nehemiah. Before we build the city, before we build the temple, we're going to rebuild the altar so that we can worship God and put him first. So we want to step into rebuilding altars of worship. Secondly, we want to rebuild the house of God. That was their second task. We're going to rebuild the temple. Now, we know that God doesn't dwell in temples made by human hands. He dwells within his people. So when we say we want to rebuild the house of God, we're basically we want to rebuild this family. We want to strengthen this family. Like Community isn't our end goal. My prayer isn't that people would walk into KXC and say, oh, the people are very friendly. Oh, it's such a lovely community. Like my prayer is that they would come in and yes, they would experience a deep sense of welcome, but their overriding comment will be, God was present in that community. It wasn't just that they were nice to each other or cool. It was like God was dwelling in their midst. I experienced more than just love from a neighbor. I I experienced the love of God. We want our community to be a landing spot for the spirit of God. We want it to be a dwelling place of God Almighty. We want KXC to be God's house, right? So we want to get the house ready. That's what I mean by rebuilding the house of God. This is what the church calls holiness, taking seriously being the kind of people that can host the presence of God and anything that isn't in alignment with with God's purposes, with his presence, we want to flush it out. That's why we're taking very seriously these conversations on race. Like anything that isn't in alignment with God's kingdom, is like, we're, we're going to get rid of it. We want to get the house ready. If the queen was coming to visit, you'd get your house ready, wouldn't you? You'd kind of wash things, you'd hoover things, you'd want to make it beautiful, fit for royalty. If the king of creation wanted to dwell amongst us as a community, we would want to get ready, right? Purify our hands, purify our hearts, anything that's not in alignment with his purposes. We're going to get rid of any discrimination on the grounds of race, of gender, of class, ethnicity, the list goes on. We want to create a home where God wants to dwell, where everything is in alignment with his purposes. So we want to rebuild the house of God. And finally, we want to rebuild the city. This is the story of Nehemiah. Altar first, temple, dwelling place for God. And then we're going to rebuild the city that is in ruins. We want to rebuild after the disruption that we've experienced. Three priorities. I'll land very quickly this. We want to establish a center of mission. This is Vision Sunday part one. In a month's time, there'll be Vision Sunday part two, and we'll try and put some flesh on these bones. But all these amazing ministries, because we haven't been able to find a home for them, they're scattered around King's Cross in different community centers and wherever we can find space. But we've always had this desire. What if we could bring them together and create a center of mission, a place of radical hospitality and compassion where these ministries could sort of cross-pollinate and share ideas, where people who come because they're in debt could also experience other support in other areas. And we think now is the time for that. So we want to create a center of mission for the sake of the city. Second, oh no, let me carry on on that point. Isaiah 61, this scripture is burning within me and we're going to do a teaching series on it. Um, But this is one of the markers of when the Spirit of God is moving. Um, These will be three ingredients that, rise up within the church when the spirit is moving in power people develop a boldness to proclaim good news to the poor 
they begin to bind up the brokenhearted and they begin to set the captives free, right? When the church does that, this will then happen, cause and effect. Number one, there will be beauty where there was once ashes. Two, where there was mourning, people will start dancing. And where there was despair, people will start wearing a garment of praise. In other words, celebration will erupt. So when we do this, this will happen. And then it says at the back end of Isaiah 61, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities. Who is the they? Who is the they? And the answer is the poor that heard good news, the broken whose hearts were bound up together, and those that were in captivity and heard the gospel message and were set free. I believe God wants to do something remarkable in this season, um, but it's going to happen as the Spirit anoints us to preach good news, bind up brokenhearted, set the captives free, and they will be the primary rebuilders. We see this in revival history. One quick story, William Seymour. Potentially the greatest move of God in the last hundred plus years was the Azusa Street Revival. Birth of Pentecostalism, which is the fastest growing part of the church worldwide. He was a person of color, the son of slaves, didn't have an education, was blind in one eye. He had a passion for theology. He wasn't allowed to study with the white folk. So he found one lecturer who said, I will give you permission not to be in the room because the Jim Crow laws didn't allow for that. But you can see outside the window and you can listen in. So as he listened to the gospel proclaimed, he developed this passion. He got anointed by the Spirit of God. He was then sent to LA and the revival began at Sousa Street in the early 1900s. I believe God wants to do that again, right? I believe that maybe the church planters of the, the next move of the Spirit, maybe some of the leaders of these entrepreneurial initiatives are currently the people in prison, are currently the people we're connecting with through the food banks, are currently the people that we're connecting in through the debt clinics and the occupational therapy clinics. I believe God wants to do something that they become the rebuilders. This is what's stirring in our hearts as a church family. So center of mission, center of church planting, we've planted out these four communities and we've developed a, a family called Table, a family of churches for the renewal of all things. But I've got, I've got a passion for so many more churches, right? We've sent the team to Devon and to Broccoli and to Bow and to Finsbury Park. Are you hungry for more? Yeah, I am. I'm really hungry for more. I want to send out our best leaders to plant these communities of hope. But more than just planting churches, we want to plant businesses and startups and companies that have a kingdom vision for the renewal of all things. This is within our hearts. So I want to close by saying it's time to act with generosity, right? We've looked back with gratitude. Thanks, God, you've been faithful. We've looked forward with faith. Like We're believing for some great stuff, a center of mission, a center of planting, a center of cultural renewal. But it's time to act now, right? To step further in, to be the all-in church that we long to become. So here's the four very simple things. Like the step forward, like isn't really complicated. Come, belong, serve, give. Come on a Sunday. Well done, you're here. Tick. If you're watching on the live stream, fantastic. So come, belong. Like join a hub. Don't walk this journey alone. Don't get isolated. Please do not get isolated in this season. We need each other. So come, belong, serve, find a place to serve. If we're going to meet the need that's growing in the community, our levels of serving, our volunteering culture has to grow. Otherwise, we can't grow the food bank. And even though the need is growing, we've bottlenecked. We can't serve through choices in the way that we want to. We can't serve the branch community. We just can't do it. 
If people don't step further in, we can't do it. We really need the church to step in in this season. We're running four Sunday services. They sell out within a couple of hours. Like If we're to grow it to reach the demand of people hungry to gather together to encounter God, we need people to serve. We, we have to invite people further in to serve at this time. So come, belong, serve. And we need to invite people to give financially. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And we're inviting you to give money because more than just giving money, we want your heart to be behind this vision of rebuilding altars of worship in the midst of devastation, rebuilding the house of God, a place for his presence, and rebuilding the city, right? So we're asking people to give financially. Let me just show you this slide. This is the giving over the last year. And, and we've developed an incredible you know, culture of generosity that we want to celebrate. Can I just show you what happened in February 20 when lockdown began? We were told by different people, get ready for a season of real financial vulnerability. Obviously, the furlough scheme is going to kick in, but you're going to have to navigate how you survive and cling on to a moment like this. This is what happened at KXE in the yellow. Giving went right up. Isn't that amazing? In a moment of uncertainty, when fear surrounded, at KXC, we're like, we're going to up our giving. This is a moment where we need to serve the most vulnerable. We are going to up our giving. That is incredible. That is a miracle, right? That we need to celebrate. That we need to celebrate. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're new to KXC, this is who we are. And we want to invite you further in. We want to invite you to give what you can, whether that's a monthly tithe following the biblical kind of principle of giving 10%. If it's more than that, if it's less than that, the amount honestly doesn't bother me. doesn't bother me one bit. But everyone giving a bit of their finances, I mean, that resource, that releases a huge amount of resource, but more than the resource that it releases, that many people giving their hearts to this vision we're going to rebuild altars of worship. We're going to rebuild the house of God. We're going to be, rebuild the city. That kind of passion, that kind of all-in mindset to a vision like that, that's unbelievably exciting. So here's what you need to do. If you don't give in a sort of like monthly way right now, or, or maybe that's a step too far for you, but you're like, okay, I'm not ready to do that, but I could take one step further in and just give a one-off gift. You know, whatever it might look like, all you do, go to kxc.org.uk, you have a Pray, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this kind of vision? And then if you sense being stirred to give, then you just fill in your details and you give. And there's a button on there, key button, the gift aid button. People often don't fill in the gift aid forms or press the button, yeah? Which means we can't claim gift aid. You know, through giving in the last year, if everyone had pressed the button, we would have had 30,000 more than we actually got just because people didn't press the button and when we chased them for forms, they never filled in the forms. So there was 30,000 that we couldn't collect. Think about 30,000 in terms of some of the community initiatives that we support. That would go a very long way. So it's a big button. Press the button is what I'm trying to say. Um, but this is a moment where we just want to say, like, step into the story. This has been such a challenging time, but God is faithful. And because of his faithfulness, we can be faith-filled for what's to come. But right now, we need to step further in.